Hello and welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and joining me on this episode is Miss Latanya Goodson, the principal of Rosemary Middle School. How are you today, Miss Goodson? I am fine, and thank you for having me. Good, good, good. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm curious to know, how long have you been a principal and what got you started in education? Um, I have been a principal for four years. Um, I have, my mother was a, is a retired educator. Um, so I knew I was going to go into education, mm-hmm. but I took an indirect route to get into um, the academics part of education. I was going to college to be a music teacher. Okay. Because I played the clarinet and the piano and I sang. Okay. So I went to South Carolina State University as a music education major. And about my junior year, it hit me to say, I don't want to teach music. I want to impact them academically. Mm. So my junior year, of course, that made a lot of adults in my life feathers ruffled. Because, <laughs> um, you know, you don't change your major your junior year. Yeah, yeah. Almost but on I your did, way out. Yes. <laughs> well, that made me have a, you know, a five-year route instead of a four. Yeah. But I just had that after doing some, like, field work, and it just, like, I wanted to make a bigger impact with children. Mm. And while I know education, I mean, music is, the arts is great, and that's an outlet for children. I just wanted to impact on a different level, and so that's why I changed to elementary education. Okay, okay. And so how long have you been an educator to this point? I have been... This is my 23rd year. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. What yeah. are, um, so what is, what is the reward or the success that you receive from being an educator for so many years? Um, just to see kids grow. Hmm. Um, I was always, ele- well, I started out elementary and my career started in fifth grade. So to see those kids now as adults, living and prosperous and where I thought like my god will this child even make it out of elementary school or middle school or high school but to see them being successful as adults and know I had an impact in their lives Mm. even in the classroom to see that aha light go off Um, being a um, African American teacher at the time I always seemed to get stuck with the challenging students Okay. And I always took pride in having those challenging students because I could take them, you can mold them a little more. Yeah. Um, and so I, that has always been my career that is like the ones who are the challenging ones behaviorally or educationally seem like I always got stuck with them. Right, right. Um, but I didn't see it as a punishment. I saw it as where can I take them. Hmm, hmm. That's powerful. Is is that the same? Is the same thing true now as as a principal? I know you said you had some uh, students in your office earlier. Yes, um, it gets you down sometimes because the the generation. I see the the change in the generation of children. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my they know my biggest pet peeve is be a child, not an adult. Mm. Um, leave your street language in the street there's a time and place for everything and so it disheartens me when they can't separate gotcha. their their personal or street life from uh, educational life and I always tell them um, especially my young ladies um, when it comes to like attire for example um, what you wear on the weekend <laughs> is not the school attire yeah 
you know, and I always tell them, Miss Goodson has weekend attire, hang out with your girlfriend attire, but it's not your school attire. Yeah. And so trying to help our young people in middle school, especially understand that you can, we used to call it code switch between worlds. Yeah. That's what I, I try to instill with them that yeah. you can still have that, that piece in you that's buried down, mm-hmm. but you don't bring it out. Right. Right, right. So, how did you, as a as a school, how how what kind of strategies do you guys have in place from um, a teacher or administrative standpoint that help um, build and restore your students? Um, I, being from, I'm not from the area of Andrews, but I'm from the county, and George Georgetown is my home. Mm-hmm. So, I tap into people that I know who went away or um, to college and came back to work in the community. I tap into my resources to bring them back, especially um, I've had a, a huge passion with my boys, especially mm-hmm. because, of course, you know, we lose our males at an alarming rate. Yeah. Um, so I try to instill um, positive influence w- with them. I tap into gentlemen. There are gentlemen that I know to come back and say, okay, I need you to, to mentor with them, talk with them, have lunch, do um, chat chat and chew with them doing lunch Mm. to try to upbuild them and let them know just because where you are now that's not where you're going to end up and if you don't change now this is where you're going to end up Mm. so I try to but it's it's disheartening to know that I only got them from 7.30 in the morning to 3 o'clock to make an impact yeah but at three o'clock to seven, um, sorry, from three, um, basically three o'clock to three p.m. to seven thirty a.m. That influence that they have is greater than mm. what we're trying to do mm. in here. Yeah, yeah, that is that is tough. Would you say um, is behavior your greatest obstacle that you're facing right now? Behavior and their desire to want to learn. Hmm. Um, but I, we also recognize, I recognize, and I help my teachers recognize, they're 11, 12, and 13-year-olds right. who one minute can hate you, the next minute can love you, the next minute they cry, and the next... So the hormones play a huge factor in it, and until yeah. we hook the kids into, let me tell you, you're learning this, but let me tell you why you're learning this, or mm-hmm. like I told the teachers, I don't care what you have to do to try to hook them with your lesson, We'll get, if the kids don't feel that they're learning or you're forcing them, but in the meantime, we we get them somehow, celebrate that, you know. Yeah. Don't, these kids are not about sitting straight desk and, yeah. and just listening to you. And I said, if we can hook them any way we can and they catch some kind of part of the educational, what we were trying to throw out there, then we've won. Hmm. But it, had, it can't be traditional anymore, and that's one of the things I instill with my teachers, that the traditional, I've been in this game for 23 years, and the kids that I started out teaching are not the kids that we have now. Yeah, it's different, different generation. G- different generation, because the parenting is different. Yeah. So, so what, um, what kind of training or resources do teachers receive to support classroom behavior? Very little. Mm. Um, unfortunately, um, nothing in your... Um, undergrad prepares you for classroom management and that's why we see a lot of first-year teachers crash and burn mm-hmm. because 
discipline eats them alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate, and it, and and it's not all because I was the one who didn't crash and burn. Yeah. But I had it in me that you weren't. My philosophy was, I'm the queen of this ship. <laughs> so you're gonna follow my rules. Yeah. I used to tell them we're gonna have fun, but when I'm about business, I'm about business. Right. And so we try to work with our first year teachers to give them strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, but in education today, you, first year teachers are so bombarded with just learning their content. Okay. Um, and then coupled with learning how to manage a classroom, especially in a school like mine, because um, I didn't share with you, we're a Title One school mm-hmm. with a high poverty rate. Um, you know, kids are living with. Um, grandma, granddad, aunt and uncles. So the home structure is not what we used to yeah. be. So we're fighting all kind of, you know, outside influences. Yeah. So a teacher in a, a Title One high poverty school has a lot to deal with. And mm-hmm. unless you come in with that mindset that you're not going to let them be victims, you're going to help them learn how to rise above, yeah. you do fracture burn in a, in a school like mine. Yeah, and, and, and that's not to mention that teachers have baggage too. You know, yeah. a, a lot of times coming into the class with um, their own bias or, or blind yeah. spots mm-hmm. that they don't even realize exist. Have you seen yeah. that as well? I have, and I try to... Um, to help them understand that, you know, they will look at look to me as a African American teacher like, well, you can relate. No, I can't. Mm. Sorry, I mean, but what I try to do is, how would I want to treat that child if they were living in my house? Right. You know, I said, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I always try to, and I have those real conversations with my teachers. Like, you know, please understand, I come from a middle class family. Mm-hmm. I may look like the kids. But I come from a middle class family. <laughs> I said both of my parents are, have um, have degrees. I said when I come home from school, my parents were there. We ate dinner together. Right. So what some of my our kids go through, I don't, I don't, I can't relate. But like I said, I would treat. I try to treat the kids as if if you were in my house. How would I want to treat you as a child? Yeah, yeah, and that and that makes sense. And that makes sense. And I think sometimes that. Just the real world connection for a teacher and, and to realize um, that they are a child. I know a lot of times I've seen some studies where, um, you know, even though black kids are, are 10 years old or nine years old, they look older and a lot of times mature faster and get treated as if they're 14, 15 when they're yeah. actually 10, 11, 12. Yeah, and, and that's what you will see in schools like ours. You know, we got kids who go home to raise their younger sibling and they just in seventh grade. Mm. Wow. You know, <laughs> I, that, was not, that was not my world. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so tell me, how does how does behavior impact your school day as a principal? Oh God, it eats us up. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's like we were sharing this morning. Ironically, you would ask that. It's just the same few that that's over and over that just eats up your time because they just cannot separate. You know, this is a school. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm supposed to conduct myself in a certain way. Um, you know. It breaks sad my heart when I have to recommend a student for expulsion. Wow. But at the same time, I had a conversation with the pastor, and, and he came at the defense of a child after we recommended him. And I said, no disrespect to you as a minister. I said, but I don't need y'all to come on the back end when I've recommended yep. this child. I need the support on the front end. Yeah. I said, because I can't have a child in this in 
in this building cursing adults out mm-hmm. like it's the norm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, that may be the norm of what he hears in his house, but I need him to understand that's not the norm in this building. Oh, yeah. And it is so funny that I have a male um, assistant principal and they would rather go to him than me mm-hmm. because I'm about, I said, I, I'm a firm believer a child is a child and a child stays in a child's place. Right. Right. I mean, I'm just a firm believer in that. Well, you, you've got to have some kind of order and structure and you know, yeah. the kids don't know it, but they, they need it and thrive on that structure mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Hmm. What, so what happens with the student if I'm if I'm a kid in class and I disrupt instruction with the teacher? What happens? What what happens next? Depends um, of how severe it is. Okay. Um, you know, if you just want to continue talking while he or she was trying to talk, you know, I may bring you. I may if it's your first time and you just kind of lost your mind for a minute. We may <laughs> have a conversation, okay. and then um, I wouldn't send you back to that that particular classroom. You or um, I'll send you to your another academic class, but okay. I will tell you, you're not going to your exploratory classes, mm-hmm. which is PE, art, um, their music, you know, something that's fun. I was yeah. like, no, your fun time, come back to me. Yeah. Your lunch time, come back to me. Your recess time, you come back to me. Mm-hmm. So that's one option I can do. Um, another, like I said, depends on severity of what you were doing. I may send you to end school. I am fortunate to... Um, to have a gentleman on my faculty that I use in that capacity to house a like an in-school suspension type, right. and I purposely wanted a male because nine times out of ten it's my black males that's always getting referrals. Yeah. So I wanted. I told him he structures our um, in-school. Of course, they go in there and they get their work. That's that's priority is they work on their academics. But when they are finished, he has that one-on-one conversation with them. Right. Uh, trying to mentor them um, while he has them in that isolated setting because they can't when you're in in school they can't mingle with the general population for that day Mm. but he he has them where one-on-one trying to help them understand that you know what is acceptable behavior what Mm. is not acceptable behavior how could you have handled that differently you know what could have you know so he has that one-on-one conversation yeah so and then the next step is um, like the young man I did today, I mean, he blatantly just went off on this teacher, calling mm. her uh, literally out of her name with the profanity. Mm. And I was like, dude, you can't do that. I said, so, you know, get yourself together, go home for a couple of days, and you come back and try it again. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, and then if you you are constant repeater and repeater and repeater, and, like, nothing is, you're not, it's not clicking with you. We've talked to your parents, it's not clicking with you, it's still not, then we're at the point when you're up to 10 referrals, it's like, you know what, you need to go see our hearing officer so she can decide the best mm. place for you because clearly it's not here. It's not working right now. How, how many students are, are leaving the classroom a day? How many students are you seeing oh, no. a day? Nah, some days we're, we're perfectly fine not one child leaves a class. Okay. Um, today is just... Um, we had three today. Okay. I don't know why. I just decided they just gonna curse out because it's just something they want to do. Yeah. So on a so on an average day, you you might have one zero to three students in your office. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, that, because, that, go ahead. Because they know my tolerance level for something like that is just, and like I tell them, you can be a child that is struggling academically with all F's. 
and you can come to me and say, Ms. Goodson, I just don't get it. I will bend over backwards to make sure you get it. Mm. But when you come in with this, you know, your nonsense, and I, I, my tolerance is not there for you. Yeah. And, and would you say, is there, could you, if I asked you which teachers are sending you the students, could you name, is it three to five teachers that are sending them to you? Or it's, is it... normally, it's normally my younger um, okay. teachers that are within, that's been in the system less than five years. Right, right, right. And then, you know, sometimes I wonder, are the teachers scared of them? Hmm. You know, because some of our black males can be very bur- burly. Mm-hmm. And so, but I'm like, you know, sometimes my husband tells me, he's like, you need to be careful with your mouth. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I do. But I said, and, you know, prayerfully, they won't catch me outside school. <laughs> um, but, you know, and not for 23 years, it hadn't. But yeah. they know I care, but I'm, I guess what I always tell them, and sometimes I will close my door and have that black mama conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell them that when you walk out the door, I said, if you say I said it, I'll, I say I didn't say it. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes I want them to hear that black mama conversation. Yeah. So look at, and I've done experiments with them. I said, now you're going to shadow me for the day. I said, now we're going to go walking around and looking at how many, what type of students are coming to the office. Mm. What type of students are going to end school. What type, you know, and so I help them realize it's black, black boys black female, black, every now and then I may get a Caucasian thrown in there, but I want them to see, you know, mm-hmm. they understand nobody's against you, but you're doing it to yourself. Right, right. So, yeah, that's that's the truth. And well, and, and when it comes to um, students, especially students that um, are underrepresented or underprivileged in a lot of ways, it has a lot to do with connection, you know, so mm-hmm. students yeah. might not respond if you're, if you're, um, just super nice and polite and uh, talking to students a certain way. That works for some students, but it doesn't work for others. Some it students doesn't. will only respond um, to what they know outside of the classroom. Yes. You know. And my school, we have just, um, since January, um, there's an initiative or um, called Capturing Kids Heart. Mm. And we're going through it now um, because the biggest philosophy come out there is until they know you care, Right. They care less about what you're teaching them. Yep. And so our school is going through this big transformation about uh, making sure how how to do those relationships with the kids. Yeah. Uh, but what we decided is as a faculty, since January, since we got back from Christmas break, we have to do it with each other. Mm-hmm. So our whole meetings, all the meetings in, in January have all been about building that relationship with each other, the adults in the building. Gotcha. How often are you guys having behavior meetings? Um, well, th- this, for the month of January, has been every Tuesday. Because okay. Tuesday is our faculty meeting. So every Tuesday it has been about the Capturing Kids Hard um, initiative and, and the principles behind it. Because we didn't want them to roll it out to the kids until we, as an adult, got a hold of it. Yeah, yeah. And got a grasp. So today is our last day that we feel that we're going to wrap it up with the adults and, and, the, and build that relationship with us. Then we're going to roll it out to the kids in February. Hmm. So in, in, in your perfect world, looking at Rosemary Middle School next year and beyond, what what, what does um, your day look like? Being in classrooms, um, giving that feedback to the teachers uh, of best practices, because prior to being a um, principal, 
Of course, you know, I was assistant principal, but I was actually a curriculum coach. Okay. Um, so I worked with the teachers in, um, in all with the four different content areas, giving them best practices, um, coaching tips on how to, you know, um, best work with our kids. So that's my passion. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the bog down of the discipline, the only reason I got bogged down with it today is because my assistant principal is on a field trip with our seventh graders um, because of they earn a discipline-free trip. Okay. Um, but normally I am not bogged down with discipline. I like to be in the classroom talking with the teachers, helping them understand best practices with the, with the kids and how to, because our school is a, our, you know, state report card just came out and we are below average. Mm. Um, several factors can contribute to us being below average, but I'd rather, I need to be in that classroom so I can give them some strategies like, what is the best strategies for our kids? Yeah. Because what works across town does not work with our kids. Yeah. What 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 have you tried um, at Rosemary? What what alternatives have you tried to um, build that rapport or um, to help keep students in class? Essentially, uh, just work well as a team. I, I try to do things as a team with a group of teachers to kind of bounce ideas off. So we we when we saw that a couple of years ago, probably longer than I was principal, and I was here as assistant we realized that we were having too many referrals coming to the office. Mm-hmm. So we built in buffers um, with our kids. One of the things with our kids, they want to see rewards. Like, basically, if I do this for you, what do I get? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's their mentality. So we built in little buffers called strike system because we're Cobras. Gotcha. And so within a week, you... um Basically, you try to hold on to all of, you try to get no strikes. Yeah. That's the goal. When you come in on Monday, your goal is I'm not going to have any strikes. So, for example, I always give my sixth graders when they come in, let's say you went to first period and you just couldn't control yourself. You just was talking a lot. Um, and the teacher gave you your verbal warning. You just did not he- adhere to that verbal warning. She gave you a strike. Mm-hmm. after. She- so now you have one strike. So you get yourself together. You go to second period. You have a perfect second period. Third period, you just get with your boys or your girls, and you just can't control that talking anymore. Um, you know, teacher gives you that verbal warning, and you still continue talking. Well, now you have, she gives you another, he or she gives you another strike. So you're at strike two. Mm-hmm. Um, that second period, or third period. So go to fourth period. Um, you decide that you weren't going to bring any materials to class. You weren't going to bring your notebook, your pencils, nothing. So, and they know that's part of being prepared every day. Yeah. So if you say, well, you know what, since you didn't do this, you're going to get a strike. Now that child is up to three strikes, we give them lunch detention and a call home to let the parents know that your child received three strikes because of this, that, and the other. Okay. So we built in that buffer because what we were seeing is some teachers would get so frustrated and just write a referral mm-hmm. just quickly. And we was like, no, we got to slow this down. So like I said, after three strikes, you get lunch detention and a call home. After five strikes, you get lunch detention and another call home. Then at the seventh strike, then it's time for you to come see an administrator. Gotcha. gotcha. So like I said, some kids, once they get that third strike and lunch attention, they kind of get to snap themselves back. So basically, we t- we sell it to the parents as if it's a 
it's a buffer for the child to get themselves back in check before yeah. it comes to a referral. Yeah. Now that's just for minor things. You know, like I said, the ones that came across my desk today because they were just blatantly disrespectful. Mm-hmm. That's a different story. But just for those little minor things we're trying to help teachers understand, certain minor things you don't have to always write a referral. Yeah. You know, there's that strike or that warning you can give them. But then if it becomes a build up, then of course when they get to the seventh, you can um send them send them to the office with a referral. Mhm. Okay. That makes sense. So what do you think would change at your school if behavior was managed in the classroom? What would change? Yeah, what, what would be different about Rosemary Middle School if, if your teachers were equipped and um, prepared to manage 80% of the classroom behavior inside of the class? Our then we can concentrate on really concentrate on academics, and then our scores. We would see an increase in our scores. Okay. But I, but you brought up a good point. We have so many moving parts that play into why we're not succeeding the, at the rate we should be. Okay. Um, unfortunately, it's just you know when you have a fifty-five minute class and it takes um, our babies five. To seven minutes just to get settled down yeah. you know then you wasted that time you know and so when a child is just disruptive to a class it just throws a teacher or yeah. throws the class you know yeah so. okay that that makes sense so mm-hmm. but it sounds like you guys have systems in place and are working and I know even at a district level um you guys, Georgetown County is looking, working at a district level to provide um, a school-wide behavior system that's yeah. consistent to be able to build upon. Um, yeah. You feel pretty good about that? I do. I'm excited about that, that um, building that piece in um, because one of the things um, we have said is we're not equipped with the emotional behaviors these kids mm. are comfortable with. Mm. Um, I, you know, I've, I've never seen so many kids that have such emotional needs. Right. I'm like, I don't know where this is coming from. Yeah. But we're not equipped to, the, and that's what, you know, most of these kids, they just, their emotional needs take over and they, we, we're not equipped to handle it. Mm-hmm. We're not counselors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, you know, I only have a counselor, a behavior specialist on campus two days a week. Okay. You know, so you can't expect the teachers to, to take the time like she would. Right. to handle these kids and if she's not on campus like matter of fact the two that, that I had to deal with today were hers oh okay and okay. she's not here today um, and so they just what we try to do is when she she pulls them out of certain classes that she know they're triggers mm-hmm. and and try to help them work through what is it you know your, your thinking process why do you do the, you, you know, the impulsivity of it because they're just very impulsive yeah. They will just say and do whatever. Yeah. And if you ask them why, I don't know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's cool. Um, well, I mean, that's that's good that you have that at least the support in place for somebody to be there two days a week, and um, you've got your strike system to to help keep your students in class. Um, yeah. That. And then I'm sorry. And then what? Like I said, my assistant principal today is you know at bowling because we try because my group the group of kids I deal with they are the if I do this what do I get out of it Mm -hmm. so every child they know when they come in in August beginning of first 
um, nine weeks, first semester, any child that has no referrals, um, they get to go on a trip. And okay. the fall trip is bowling. Okay. So out of my seventh grade students, um, I think I have a hundred and maybe thirty four, maybe um, ninety eight qualified to go mm. on the bowling trip. Wow, that's significant. That's a great number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great number. Mm-hmm. So I mean, some like I said, it's not the majority, but it's yeah. the ones who um, who just drain us. Yeah. But I'm very proud to say that. Um, no, sorry, 129 seventh graders and 98 qualified to go on the trip. Okay, yeah, that's that's great. So you just got really a handful of students that are causing yeah. the majority of of your behavior problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, it sounds like you're doing a pretty good job, even though you do have your hands full over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I yeah, I go home drained, I go home tired, but um, I know I'm I'm doing the best I can and time frame that I'm here. Yes, ma'am. Well, I, I definitely have to say thank you for what you do in, in serving those students. It's it's a very high call to be an educator. Not everybody is willing, um, and not everybody believes that every student can learn, but that's obviously something that you believe and something that you guys are working for at Rosemary to ensure your student success. Yes. What? So last, any last words before we sign off on this podcast, what do you want to tell any principals teachers, guidance counselors, um, assistant principals, uh, about Rosemary or just about being an educator? Well, Rosemary is a great school. We're, um, we're optimistic of our future. Um, we're always trying to strive for better. Um, and that's one of the things I always try to get my teachers to understand. When we work together instead of against each other, we can achieve great things. Mm, mm, amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ms. Goodson, and thank you for listening to the DASH podcast. We appreciate this challenging, meaningful, significant conversation on how to bridge the gap in education. If you like it, share it with your friends, share it with your teachers, your principal, and your counselors too, and we'll see you next time. This is the DASH.